Welcome to the Mike and Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports Network. I'm Mike here with Micah. We have a very fun episode today. We're going to talk about NBA playoffs and then we're going to have a Redskins specific part of this podcast in the second part of our, our episode this week. But Micah, before we begin, I want to know how you're doing today and how, how are you feeling? The semester is about to end up. Uh, school is about to let out. So how are you doing these last couple of weeks of school? Oh, man. I mean, as far as school goes, bro, you know, like you just said, it's for me, it's my last two weeks going into, I guess, finals week. Um, it gets a little stressful around this time. A lot of good sporting events happen. So it's kind of a lot to try to balance everything. But I'm doing well for the most part. Um, I guess moving on to the sports side of things of how I'm doing. I'm really excited because it's, it's my favorite. Honestly, one of my favorite sports moments, at least for the spring, is the draft, bro. I'm ready. I'm honestly ready because I feel like this is one draft where there's so much – talent especially later rounds and stuff but i would definitely want to see how this first round plays out since there's been so much debate of picks one through 32 and how it's going to go so i'm doing good on this end as far as sports go so i'm just ready yeah and we're, we're gonna get it right into it um we're gonna start with the nba playoffs first uh a lot of these series are starting to wrap up uh we have one series that is officially wrapped up with the boston celtics sweeping the indiana pacers in four uh the pacers great season probably would have been more competitive if Oladipo did not get hurt earlier in the season, but they handled them. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks are three up 3-0 right now, potentially going to sweep the Detroit Pistons. So that's going to be our first second round matchup. So, Michael, before we get into every single, uh, like every single team, I want to go like basically segment by segment. So I want you to get your predictions on the Boston Celtics and Pacers series and the Milwaukee Bucks Detroit. And then who do you have winning that next round matchup? Um, so I kind of liked what I saw from Boston in the last two games. Um, looking at the first game or maybe the first two games as we discussed last week, I mean, Boston, they were letting the Pacers hang around a little bit too much. And I felt like there was some times throughout the series where that the concerns about Boston was, well, they were clearly present. Like there was some times where it's like, all right, they're taking bad shots. I don't necessarily see the cohesiveness, um, you know, but going into the, at least from what I saw from game four, I should say, I like the team-oriented ball they were playing. Um, nobody – oh, Golden Hare would score 20 points, but everybody else had a solid output. Um, guys like Marcus Morris would score 18 in 30 minutes, which is big. 18-8 for Marcus Morris is going into the conference finals kind of production. But I'm kind of liking what I'm seeing from Boston. Um, unfortunately, as you said, if Oladipo was there, this is a series. It probably honestly goes to seven just because of the team-oriented ball. The Pacers play in contrast – with what the Celtics have been doing. Um, it's unfortunate. It's honestly unfortunate we didn't see Depot in this playoffs because he honestly was on a tear for the first half of the season, and we just got kind of robbed of that. Um, going into the, excuse me, the Milwaukee and Detroit series, um, it's probably honestly another sweep. Even if we saw Blake Griffin come back today, actually, uh, it's going into halftime as we are currently recording. Um, if they win this game, great for them. At the end of the day, you have to go back to Milwaukee for game five. Either way, it either goes 4-1 or 4-0. Milwaukee's moving on to the next series, and that's going to lead Boston and Milwaukee for round two in the semifinals. Um, I honestly have Milwaukee taking this. It'll probably go to six. If it goes to seven, I wouldn't be surprised just if Kyrie pulls something, um, you know, some miraculous stuff. But Giannis is on the tear, and I completely expect him to get to the conference finals. And then from there, we're going to see what happens. Yeah, uh, I like your analysis there, Micah. With me, uh, the – Boston Celtics at Indiana Pacers series was exactly how 
we predicted it. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I got at least how I know we talked about it on the podcast where the Boston Celtics were just a better team. If Oladipo was here, it would have probably been a different series. We saw the Pacers last year with the, the best player in the world take uh, the best player in the ro- world two seven games. So it wasn't really a fair series, and we saw that. Indiana was up the first game. Indiana had leads throughout this series, but they just never had that superstar player to basically close it out for them. So I love the fight that they put up, but it's it just it wasn't going to happen. And that leads me to Milwaukee and Detroit. Milwaukee that was a that was a very fun uh, series too. Milwaukee looks like a better team, but I don't really know if we know anything from Milwaukee and Boston based on these series because their talent was just so much greater and they didn't really have to be fundamentally sound to win a game mm-hmm. with the Boston Celtics. We know that they had struggles throughout the whole season, that it was, it was a problem for the, uh, for the Celtics at some points to win games against better teams. So now they have an opportunity playing against the best team in the East. Are we going to see them fall back into those old ways of Kyrie just takes the ball nobody gets involved. They're not moving the ball. Gordon Hayward isn't scoring 20. There's, so many questions that I think we have going into this next round that we don't really have answered because of the opponents that they played in the first round. You said uh, Bucks in six wouldn't be surprised to go seven. I agree with that too. I'm going to be taking the Bucks in six games. Uh, I just think that the Celtics had too many problems in the regular season and I just think they were all just fixed right before the playoffs. Um, with the Celtics, I think if they don't win this series, Kyrie is gone. We'll talk about that, obviously, in another podcast of free agency and stuff like that. But I think that's good for those first um, that first half of the bracket. And going to the uh, Easter Conference, the second side, uh, the lower part of that bracket, we have the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets, which the 76ers are up 3-1 in that series, and the Toronto Raptors and Orlando Magic, they're also up 3-1. So it's looking like both of those series are done. What did you get from each series, Micah, and who do you have winning that next-round matchup between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Toronto Raptors. Um, I'll specifically talk about what I seen from the 76ers first. Um, I definitely liked kind of what they had to do in game two. Um, they got shell shocked, honestly, in game one. I attributed it to maybe youth and maybe not being in a position, but at the end of the day, you guys are supposed to be, I mean, they're the third seed, but particularly they were picked a lot for the, excuse me, they were uh, picked to come out of this side of the bracket to get to the conference final. So, I, you know, I'm expecting a little better. Um, I've been liking what I've been seeing from the Sixers since. Um, I definitely think that Chris Dudley thing has definitely inspired them to at least have a little edge on the court. Uh, we saw the little fake little scrum thing where Jimmy Butler got ejected and stuff like that. But honestly, the Sixers are supposed to do this. The Nets winning get game one was just them being, I guess, really the underdogs like we kind of see in March Madness. But the difference between March Madness and here is that you still have to complete the full series. So, yeah, if this is March Madness, that's a good one for the Nets, and they might, you know, have a little Cinderella story. But this is the NBA. They got to complete the series. Sixers are going to beat them. Um, I just, you know, I've been saying this. It's not the Nets' time yet, and it's perfectly fine. D'Lo is going to get them where they need to be. They have a great nucleus, and I'm, you know, I'm really excited what they can do in the East. Um, now, moving on to the, excuse me, the Raptors in Orlando. Unfortunately, I mean, the Raptors can be playing terrible basketball, but they're still going to beat the Orlando Magic. Honestly, it's you can kind of say the same thing about the uh, about the Magic. You can say the Nets is not necessarily their time, but I think they need uh, I think they need another guy to really take the edge off of Vucevic, take the uh, edge off Aaron Gordon and stuff like that. 
they need somebody that could really put the ball on the floor and get big buckets. Um, you know, signing guys here and there is cool. Maybe Marco Fultz steps into that role, gets a little bit better with scoring. But the Toronto Raptors, nine times out of ten, are going to beat the Orlando Magic. It's all they're both series are actually three one. So I see this going on to the semifinals, being the Philadelphia 76ers and Toronto Raptors in the semifinals. Um. I definitely see the 76ers taking this. Uh, it's definitely a close series, and it definitely goes to seven. For whatever reason, I don't believe in the Raptors getting to the conference finals. I don't think we've seen it, if we've ever seen it, I don't think we've seen it since Vince Carter, like Vince Carter years. And that's even if we did see it. They might have got bounced out by AI I think, I think in, they the, got, in the semifinals. I think the Raptors, the Raptors got one, like, recently. Oh, but um, it was, I think it was a, a sweep. Yeah, they, and that was uh, LeBron beating them, I think, in a sweep or five games. Yeah, that's right. See, I, I completely glossed over that because LeBron, you know, getting swept in the – that's, that's a little bad. But, yeah, I definitely just don't believe in the – I don't – I don't. it's just something about – you know, we said it last time. It's something about the Raptors. I just don't bro, see the, it ra- the, the Raptors, they're, they, they, they're just – yeah, exactly. They're cursed. They're never just going to be able to win. And, no matter what it is, they yeah. can be the better team. They're just not going to win. Whatever, yes, yeah, I'm saying. Whatever it is, I mean, on paper, they have the perfect team to do it, but it's always just something. I have um, the Philadelphia 76ers getting past them in seven. Very close series, very great basketball coming out of the East, which is good, but I'm excited to see this next semifinals matchup. Definitely going to be the uh, 76ers and the Raptors, though. Yeah, um, I, I, I agree with you there. Um, 76ers, this series was rather troubling for me. Like you said, the Nets are not ready yet. So the 76ers, with all the firepower that they have, the fact that they lost game one at home, they should have lost. The, this series should be 2-2 right now. They should. I truly believe the Nets should have won that game four. And the fact that they had to struggle in this series gives me reason to pause on how I perceive them going into the playoffs. The Toronto Raptors, on the other hand, are uh, they lost game one. Uh, they were had a very close game, game three, against um, – against the Orlando Magic, but have been able to bounce back. This series comes down to, well, is there anybody that can stop Joel Embiid? I think Kyle Lowry and Kyle Lowry is, and Ben Simmons are basically going to cancel each other out there. Uh, I don't think any of them is really going to have an, uh, an explosive game, per se, from like each side. If Joel Embiid is still healthy, I think Joel Embiid obviously is averaging the 30, 10, and 5 blocks. Kawhi Leonard's going to do his thing, but as we saw in that Nets game, they didn't have anybody to stop him, and that was the difference. Yes, they have Marcus Saul, but is Marcus Saul athletic enough to move with the big not man anymore. Joel Embiid? He's not even, so, he's not even the Grizzlies' Marcus Saul anymore. Exactly. So there, there are questions there, and I think with that, also with me thinking that the Raptors are cursed, I just see that there's no way that the Raptors can uh, win this series. I like the Sixers in six games. I. If, as long as Joel Embiid is healthy, I like the Sixers in six game. I think that's where that's where I'm going to lean. Uh, moving over to the top half of the Western Conference, we have the one four matchup. Uh, Golden State is three one. It should have been a sweep. Uh, I I I know. I think you may have went to sleep too, Michael. But they were up thirty one points, and I went to sleep oh, yeah. thinking that that game was over. And we both wake up and we're like, What, what happened? <laughs> what happened last what, night? What just ha- What just happened last night? So that game's going to be over, and uh, series is going to be over in five. The Houston Rockets, James Harden had a terrible game in game three, but they were still able to pull it out. So I think that game, that series is as good as over at a 3-0 lead. Golden State-Houston, a rematch of the Western Conference Finals. 
I mean, I believe that if Chris Paul didn't get hurt, the Rockets are your NBA champions uh, last year, but he did get hurt. Golden State won another championship. We have a rematch. Who do you have here, and who uh, who do you have here, and why? So, I gotta take the Warriors. I mean, yeah, it is. I guess it's the easy pick, and it's the easy way out. But once again. Looking at it on paper, even with Boogie getting hurt, they didn't even necessarily need Boogie at all. So they had Boogie. He got hurt. Now it's the same basic starting five and core from last year. Dude, it's the Warriors. It's, honestly, bro, it's the Warriors. If they find a way to lose this, yes, okay, the Rockets had their number last year. This is a whole new season. KD, I'm seeing a lot of things from KD that I didn't think I would see. The, I guess really just the, the him reclaiming his spot as the best player. I'm starting to see it again. I'm starting to see the swag from him. He was a little mute this season, especially going through the season. It didn't seem like he was having a lot of fun. Um, it still doesn't really seem like he's having a lot of fun, but he's putting on his big boy boots. He's putting the backpack on his back. He's like, all right, at least he wants to go out with a championship, and I feel like that's how he wants to go out, and that's the legacy he's going to leave with the Warriors. So in saying that, I have them beating the Rockets. So it's definitely going to seven games. It's going to be the best series. Um, it'll probably be better than what the finals will be. And, I'll, yeah, I think so. Especially from what we saw last year, a lot of people felt like that was the finals, that Western Conference finals was the NBA finals, just because it was obviously the two best teams going against each other. Um, I see no different except, except, excuse me, except in the uh, conference finals happening in the semifinals. James Harden, great things, always going to be doing great things. I don't think he is enough. Uh, even the changes they made to their roster, I don't know if it's enough to beat the Warriors. So I have to go Warriors in seven, but it's probably the best series in the playoffs. Uh, I, I agree with you there. I've been a big uh, Warriors guy for the past, what, five, six years uh, with Katie coming. He's from Maryland. He's from uh, PGR parts. So I definitely go to support him wherever he goes. Last year, I was rooting for the Warriors, and it looked like they weren't going to win. I think the Warriors last year kind of slept on the Houston Rockets. I don't think we have that same type of deal this year. They, I guess the Clippers, I know they gave up that one game. But they locked the Clippers down mm-hmm. defensively in those last four minutes. I think if they're once they get into that series, I just don't see Houston being able to make the threes at the clip of the Golden State Warriors. Yesterday, it was Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson couldn't miss yesterday. Steph Curry had a bad game, and they still won. Other games, is going to be Steph Curry that's going to be your main guy, and he's going to win you the games easy. KD, one of the most unstoppable it's players too in the much, NBA. Bro. He gets... He, 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 could st- he could drop 40 and he, he doesn't break a sweat. I think, honestly, with them having adding Boogie, it was kind of hard for them to find their, find their rhythm because he didn't play that much and everybody was resting that, the second half of the season. So now it's back to literally the OG yep. Warriors. We're starting with a- Andrew Bogut is back <laughs> at that center position. Hey. And instead of Harrison Barnes, you now have – Full Kevin circle, Durant. man. And I think <laughs> that's – that's that's the whole difference. That's what's going to be the deciding factor in this series, and that's why I'm picking uh, Golden State in six games. And finally, to wrap up our playoff preview, we have the Trailblazers, Portland Trailblazers, Oklahoma City Thunder. That is three <laughs> one. Um, whew, and that's the o- that's the only one we got wrong in this. Yeah, man. <laughs> only series we got wrong in this uh, in this first round. Portland advanced uh, there. The Nuggets. And the San Antonio Spurs right now, it's 2-2. So we don't, we can't really do a playoff prediction per se of what's going on in the next round. 
we know Portland is that first team in there. So, Michael, my question is, who's the first team in there? Um, who's the t- – Portland is in there. So, who is going to be in there, Denver or San Antonio facing the Portland Trail? Man, I think – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to Ant. I feel like Ant probably said that this is the best matchup. And if it's a team that could challenge the Denver Nuggets the best, it will be the San Antonio Spurs. Um, Not just because of Pop, but just because – what Pop can't do. I mean, it's not just him doing it. It's what he can inspire his guys to do on the court, especially in the playoffs. Um, especially against going against like a Mike Malone-led squad. You know, there's some. You know, they have some history with coaching with each other and stuff like that. So, it's kind of playing out this way. Um, this two-two kind of series. I, I, my heart is still saying go with the Nuggets, but man, the the history guy in me and the just basketball, I guess, just watcher is kind of leading to the Spurs now. And I don't want to just flip sides. So I just don't know. Like, honestly, looking at this series, it's obvious who's dominant on both teams. Jokic is obviously dominant on the Nuggets. Um, Jamal Murray is having a great series. I'm so happy to see him stepping out. LaMarcus Aldridge is having a good series as well. DeMar DeRozan is doing his thing. Uh, that throwing the ball at the ref thing was a little weird. So I don't know. Did he get a suspension from that, or did he just get a suspension? No, he just he just he's got. Right, he got I'm, good. I'm good. happy okay. to see that because if that happens, that might be the key of the series. Because sometimes refs are petty like that. Um, this is obviously a series that's going to seven. My, I'm gonna still go with the Denver Nuggets. If it goes the other way, it's a little bit different in the semifinals because Portland. Unfortunately, Portland's going to get. I'm not saying unfortunately, but I had my. Stop my OKC, but I had OKC because I love Paul George, what he was doing. Unfortunately, Russ is terrible when it matters. And he's <laughs> Five for to, 21. Yeah, he's trying to go against Five Dame for 21, and Dame man. is doing man time time of stuff. So I will say this. If Portland has to go against the Spurs, that might be – it might be a scenario. It's crazy to think that the Spurs might get back to the conference finals. It's very, very, very possible. Now, are they winning? No. The Warriors have that number, and they want to continue to have the number. They had the number even when they had all their guys. When we still had Kawhi Leonard and stuff like that. If Denver gets to the semifinals, I see Portland making the bid for the conference finals. Um, if that you know if that scenario plays out, I see Dan continue. Uh, excuse me, Dame continue his man time stuff. CJ McCollum continuing to be that perfect second option um, with Dame. Uh, either way, whatever happens, Portland. Wherever they play, the series is probably going to go to six or seven games, highly competitive type games. Um, I don't see them blowing anybody out of the water like they're doing the OKC now just because of the scenario and the circumstances. But I definitely see whoever Portland plays is going to be highly competitive and it's going to be a fight to get to that conference final spot. Yeah, uh, with me there, uh, Portland got Portland is advancing. I picked the San Antonio Spurs in six games to start this series. Based off of Pop is just going to coach Mike Malone. Mike Malone is a absolutely great coach. don't get like don't coach I, the year. I'm, I'm not going to get it twisted, but Pop is the greatest coach of all time in bro, any sport. Like and I would debate and Andrew, anybody bro. about this. Like as much as you want to see Andy yeah. do it with his young guns, Pat Mahomes, bro. That's Bill Belichick over there, bro. It's greatness. It's just greatness. Yeah, and there's there's literally nothing that anybody can do about it. So I'm still going to stick with my original pick of Spurs in six games and have the Spurs play, uh, play the Portland Trailblazers. If it does play out with the Spurs and Trailblazers, 
I like Pop a lot. I think that he, he's going to make it a competitive series, but the way that the Blazers are playing right now, I think that they'll probably end up finding their way to the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors. But before we end our playoff coverage uh, part of the podcast, do you have any other last-minute uh, last inputs on what's, what you've seen so far in yeah, the NBA playoffs? Uh, just kind of, and unfortunately, I had to talk about this. It's the, I guess it's just the – I don't know how to describe it. It is what it is, but, yo, OKC, bro. Why? I've seen a picture of, on Twitter of, I guess, OKC's big three, Russell Westbrook, PG, and Steven Adams. They put a picture of the Bobcats team where most sessions – or my session, Brendan <laughs> Haywood, and I don't even know who the third person was. Yeah, well, okay, so Michael Kidd, give Chris. They're so just, it just can't get it done, bro. It's the second year in a row. Now it's a problem. Now it's not just, okay, they got caught lacking last year. The Jazz had their magical year. No, it's a problem. Something has to shake. This can't keep happening. Russ, I'm looking at you, bro. You won an MVP. Yes, you got your triple double. That's great. Bro. You have to do something, bro. These these five for twenty games are not going to cut it. PG is playing his ass off. He can only do so much. Steven Adams, dog. Yes, you can get all the rebounds in the world. You got to put the bucket. I mean, you got to put the ball in the bucket, bro. Somebody else has to step up. They need more. <clears throat> excuse me. They need more depth. And it's crazy because I thought they had depth. They don't. It's apparent they don't. They need something. They need a spark plug. Something. I don't know. But they got to change it because this can't keep going on. It's going to tank the legacies of both PG and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, uh, since KD left, OKC has won four playoff games. They have not gotten past the first round. It's, it's, it shows he can't. He cannot be the best player on your team. He cannot be your leader. Paul George, uh, he was an MVP. But then he got his shoulder got hurt and Russ had to take over. Five for no. twenty one is not going to win you a game. It's not going to win you a series. I tweeted out yesterday: the minute Russ loses his explosiveness, it's a wrap for him and his NBA career because he has not been able to develop a shot. He does not seem comfortable shooting the ball. He, I don't know why people aren't talking about this, but he is a oh, lot yeah. like Ben Simmons now. And Ben Ben Simmons at least knows that he can't shoot. So Ben Simmons is a lot more efficient the way that he. He goes about um, goes about his game offensively, a distributor and attacking the rim. But Russ keeps in his head. He goes over seven for three. Keeps thinking, "Look, I can I can do this. I can I can be that guy. I can." Yeah, he had a great game three, but game one, two, and four have been terrible. They've been absolutely terrible, and that's not a recipe for Oklahoma City to be a team that's going to be competitive for the next couple of years, especially with them starting to players are going to start getting. Um, uh, their deals are start, going to start being done soon. Uh, Russ is on a super max, so you're not going to really have the space to sign people. And I kind of feel bad for Melo now. Yeah, I know blame, we had our bro. podcast earlier where every everything was blamed on Carmelo last year. Like, oh, the team's going to be so much better because of spacing and Carmelo isn't ball hogging. But they're in the same exact position that they were last year with the Utah Jazz. They they lost to the Jazz, I think, in maybe six games. They're probably going to lose the first round in mm-hmm. – in five games now, so Mel, this this isn't Melo's fault. Melo isn't the only person that that did this. I don't know. Um, that that was a good that was a good piece to pick out, Michael. Before we transition over to the Redskins, but it is draft week. It is one of my favorite events of the year. 
this is when everybody has hope. This is when everybody picks up a draft piece and you're like, this is the key. This is the factor that's going to change our team. But here on the Micah Micah podcast, we are both diehard Redskins fans. That's, that's what we follow. That's what we dive deep into. So that's what we're going to talk about. There are a lot of different scenarios that can play at this number 15 pick here. So we're going to run through them one by one and talk about, talk it through and basically give you our choice of what we believe is the best option for the Washington Redskins and for them to move forward. So starting with that, I'm going to start with the reports of Kyler Murray potentially not going to be the number one pick in this draft. Uh, Todd McShay came out and said that the Cardinals are not interested in taking Kyler Murray. As we know, draft week, there's always a lot of smoke screens. He's still probably going to end up being the number one pick. But that now leaves a possibility for the Washington Redskins to move up to that number three pick, the New York Jets, who said they've been trying to trade that pick for a while now. And they will have a potential to take Kyler Murray because the San Francisco 49ers are going to be taking uh, a defensive player because they already have their franchise quarterback. So, Micah, my question to you, do you believe that if Kyler Murray is not taken at one, that the Redskins should trade up to that number three pick? And to get that number three pick, it's definitely going to take a first this year and most definitely a first yeah, next year. Yeah, so let's, let's play out the scenario here. All right, so as you said, there's a lot of smoke screens going on. But let's just say the Cardinals are fine with Josh Rosen. Um, okay, cool. They're fine with Josh Rosen. Redskins trade – well, they trade up for third pick with the Jets. Uh, I think they take Dwayne Haskins. I don't even think they take Kyler Murray. Now, I'm looking at this, right? I'm, well, first of all, let me cite my source, I guess. I'm looking at R.J. White's mock draft from uh, CBS Sports. Uh, somebody I follow on Twitter, you know, I, I trust what he's talking about, and I kind of trust his mocks a little bit. I looked at some last year, and they were fairly accurate picks here and there and stuff like that. There's been a lot of links recently, especially today. I've been seeing a lot of Dwayne Haskins' time, you know, Dwayne Haskins' Redskins talk. I I believe they had a pre-draft meeting with him, or they had a yeah, they had a pre-draft meeting with him. I'm sure they talked about the prospects of hey, you're a PG County guy, you went to Bullis, you you committed to Maryland, decommitted, and went to Ohio State. Let's get you back in Maryland in the Burgundy and Gold will make you our star guy right now. That's cool. If you want to take that route, that's fine. If they trade up, I don't know if they take Kyler Murray because it takes a lot to make an offense with Kyler Murray right now. As great as a weapon as he is and as great as a passer as he is, he's not the prototypical guy. I feel like if you want to separate like they do in um, high school where you're ranking recruits and you go prototypical or prototypical, excuse me, a passing guy and a, a running guy or a scrambler, or a dual threat, I should say, a dual threat and a pocket guy. That's that's what the, uh, the comparison I'm looking for. Dwayne Haskins is your number one guy for pocket. Jay Gruden, seeing as, I guess, the quarterbacks he's kind of getting on the roster now, I would lean to them taking Dwayne Haskins more than Kyler Murray. It's not devaluing what Kyler Murray can bring to a team. But Jay Gruden is a guy on his last hope. If he sticks this and doesn't have to conform too much to creating a whole new system or tweaking his system, like they kind of did with RG3, I see that happening. I see Dwayne Haskins being the guy at three if they do trade up. Now, what do they trade? Well, obviously, as you said, they got to trade them. They got to trade their 15th. They got to probably trade – it's probably a third this year and maybe like a first next year. 
I think that might do it for the Jets. Um, I feel like that's good enough value where you get security in the first round this year and next year, and you also get a third. Excuse me, excuse me. You also get a third round pick and a pretty deep draft. They could get a good player in the spot we got right smack in the middle of the third round. So I see that being the scenario. Um, Haskins, I, I have no problem with him. I'd rather Haskins than Daniel Jones, which has been a report for some reason. I guess they stay at 15 and take Daniel Jones. I'd rather them just not take a quarterback in that chance. I'd rather them stay with Case Keenum and probably do something else with that first-round pick. But if we go up to get Haskins, I feel like that's how they got to do it. They got to uh, give first this year, a first next year, and a third this year. Uh, I, I don't agree with that. I think there's no way Haskins is going to be gone at three. So for the Redskins to trade up to the number three pick, I, I to draft somebody that a lot of teams that don't even have them as their first, uh, as a quarterback in their first round or in a lot of draft boards that I've been reading, I don't think that the Redskins go ahead and do that. I think the only way that they trade up to that number three pick is for Kyler Murray. And yeah, I know they have to fit their offense to, uh, to Kyler Murray, but when you have a potential of getting a superstar player like that, who can go ahead and change your franchise for the next couple of years, as we've seen with what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do with, uh, with when you compare him with a running back, like Adrian Peterson and Darius Geis, and you work on the draft to build up that offense around uh, Kyler Murray, since your defense right now is pretty set, except for maybe one quarterback position. So if there's a chance that the Arizona Cardinals do not take Kyler Murray, uh, at the number one pick, I would give up my one this year and I'll give up my one next year for uh, Kyler Murray. And I would take him as my quarterback with the red teams, but there is a chance that the Arizona, like we said, it's just all smoke screens and they take Kyler Murray at uh, number one. The next possibility that uh, comes up there is trying to get up into the top eight, top nine picks to get, like you said, maybe a Dwayne Haskins, a Drew Locke, a Daniel Jones. Would you be willing to trade like maybe a first – you guys swap your picks this year and then you give up a second next year or maybe a second and a third, a third this year and a second next year to maybe try and get one of those top quarterbacks? Because right now there's looking like maybe the only quarterback that we'll be able to – we'll see at 15 is – Daniel Jones and the, the Redskins so far haven't really been reported as being that high on Daniel Jones like they've talked with uh, about Dwayne Haskins. And Drew. So my only thing with, I guess, trading uh, or swapping a little later is now the Giants haven't been linked. Well, I guess they tried to downplay their links to Dwayne Haskins talking about, you know, Eli's their starter. Eli's that guy this year. I don't necessarily buy that. I feel like this is the year if you're the Giants to take it on. Um, we saw a lot of complacency especially going into this draft from the Giants. They haven't taken that next in, I guess, the lineage guy, the next in line for whoever uh, is going to replace Eli. I feel like they do that this draft. So if you want to uh, smokescreen the Giants and maybe do something like that, okay. I just don't want them taking, or we talked about this before, I don't want them taking a guy like Daniel Jones. Uh, first of all, there's not a lot of links to him. There's more links to Will Greer in later rounds than Daniel Jones in the first. Um, like, you made a good point about them sitting on their lows and waiting to 15. I don't know if Haskins lasts that long. I feel like there's at least two or three teams that need quarterbacks. We, we, know, for, we know for a fact the Cincinnati Bengals, the Dolphins, are probably going to be mm-hmm. in the QB market, who are both picking See, ahead and, of the Redskins there. 
we know that the Broncos are most likely going Drew Locke. He's probably going to be there. That's Elway's guy. Yeah. I have I had in our first mock, I had the Dolphins reaching for Daniel Jones, or that's what I predicted that they would do. Um, you know, they would have to they would have to do something to get kinda of get up there. I feel like um well actually no wait, no, they wouldn't. They would just swap their they would swap their thirteen pick. So they if not swap their that Daniel Jones falls in them at thirteen. It's like I, I don't want I don't I don't know how to how to necessarily put this, but it's just like if the Redskins decide to do this, it has to be for Dwayne Haskins and Dwayne Haskins only. That's I guess what I'm trying to say out of this. Like if they want to do this and move up to a little bit later, it has to be for Haskins. If not, you might as well sit at 15 and just play your cards and see who's there. Um, if you're sitting at 15 and the three guys I guess are first round grades or four guys that have first round grades are gone, honestly, they may not even take a quarterback. And so later rounds, maybe a guy like Will Greer, um, Ryan Finley or something like that, maybe later, kind of see what they got going on. If uh, Case Keenum doesn't necessarily work out, they have something to kind of fall back on. But I just don't want them, as I've said before, kind of reaching for the wrong guy. If it's going to do a little reach or you're going to go up a little bit, it's got to be for Haskins or, of course, Kyle, as you stated earlier. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the only situation that they trade up in the draft for a quarterback. It's going to be if Haskins is available at, like, maybe 10 after they take it. After, like, Broncos maybe take Drew Locke and he's there. You just try to – you've got to find a way to, to reach in. Um, you got to find a way to get into that those top, top couple of picks and pick a quarterback you think may be your piece for the next 10-plus years or so. Um, but you touched on the Redskins staying at 15 potentially – and not drafting a quarterback. There are quarterbacks that are in the second, third, and fourth round that we've talked about uh, in the, on the podcast. Will Greer, uh, Jared Stidham, Ryan Finley, Tyree Jackson from uh, Buffalo. Out of that group of quarterbacks in the later round, who do you think is who do you think would be the best fit for the Redskins going forward? And there's been reports I know we're, we're probably going to talk about it, of Will Greer being linked to the Redskins. He's a lot of people have him either a late first, mid to late first, early to mid second round, or some uh, uh, organizations have him as a m- early third, mid, uh, early to mid third round pick. The Redskins don't have a second round pick, so they would have to find a way to move up into the second round to get him. Would you be willing to give up another pick to try to get Will Greer in the second round, or would you just wait and take the best? Uh, quarterback. I definitely think signing the third round. this offseason was assurance that they don't necessarily have to reach if all their guys are off early. They don't have to trade back into the second and give up any more assets to get a guy like Will Greer, who, yes, they probably like to some extent, but I don't feel like they are fully like into him or committed fully to him. Um, I feel like if that happens and that scenario plays out, you just sit on your laurels, you take a quarterback late, a guy like Tyree Jackson, a guy like Jared Stidham, um, I talked about Ryan Finley earlier. These are the late round or later round guys, not necessarily like sixth and seventh round guys. Uh, fourth and fifth round guys that you could pick up. And, you know, it's kind of like a Kirk Cousins situation where, yes, you have your guys to starter, probably clear starter in case Keenum, but, you know, he's been hurt before. You know, it's times, it's the NFL. Guys do get hurt. If you need a guy that's pretty pro ready um, to step in. I feel like those would be your guys. My pick for that would be Tyree Jackson. I, I love what he did at Buffalo. I love what he did with Anthony Johnson. Um, I just love 
the kind of the, the players that, that Buffalo has in their stable is about good talent guys, and I feel like he needs a chance. And if he got a chance in Nation's Capital, I would not be mad. I like that. Uh, for me, I'm I would trade I would trade to try to get into the second round to pick up Will Greer. I just think that we can't just keep mm-hmm. going with these like eh, quarterbacks. If it it does depend on if Bruce Allen thinks that Jay Gruden's going to be here for more than a year or not. If he doesn't think that Jay Gruden's going to be here for a year, uh, for more exactly. than a year, you don't take a quarterback at all in the draft. It's just no point. You sign Josh Johnson back as your third, uh, your third quarterback, just in case people get hurt, and some he's been in, he'll be in the system all off season, and we can run with that team right there. But if you do really believe that you can move forward with Jay Gruden, you let him go ahead and pick a quarterback that he likes, whether that's Kyler Murray if he's still if he's not available at one. Uh, if, if he's not taking that one, whether that's Dwayne Haskins, if you have to trade up, whether that's Drew Locke, if you're trying to trade up for Drew Locke, you let Jay Gruden pick that quarterback and work with him and groom him while he still gets to sit on the bench for a year like Patrick Mahomes did, where you have Case Keenum basically going and doing whatever he wants to this season. If we suck, we have another high pick coming in. Case Keenum is gone and we have a quarterback ready to step in. But I don't want them to be in the middle, wishy-washy with what they're doing. That's why they haven't succeeded in the past couple of years. You have to get with the plan, and you got to stick with it. And for me, the best plan would be is if Kyler Murray is available uh, at a two or three position, you go and get him. If you don't, you you go you leave the QBs alone. There's one other option though, without drafting a QB, is if Kyler Murray is taken with the number one pick, the Arizona Cardinals will obviously be looking to move. Uh, Josh Rosen and uh, looking to a Josh Rosen because they're not going to have two quarterbacks on their team. Would you be willing to give up number 15 for Josh Rosen, Micah? And if not 15, what are you willing to give up for Josh Rosen? we very early on because um, this is, you know, the Josh Rosen and Redskins links has been going on for about two months now. So, it's yeah, this is for a little two, bit. Yeah, it, it's going on for a while. Of course, it's a little early in the process. But, you know, there seems a leak stuff out there and kind of just let it be. And then around draft time, it happens. So, for, yeah, you don't you don't give up your first round for Josh Rosen. You never give up your first round for Josh Rosen. The Cardinals, I feel like they would take. I feel like they would take our yeah. I feel like they would take a third because we do have two thirds. We have a compensatory. Um, we don't yeah give up anything. Maybe you give up your seventh for something like this this year. But those are really important picks. Um, maybe you give up something next year. If anything, you're definitely giving up that third. Um, I feel like they give up the. The 76, they don't give up the 96. They keep their compensatory. Kind of like a, oh, hey, we're giving you the better third-round pick, so this is the guys, the the bonus you get for taking this trade with us. Uh, you know, I mean, hey, I, <laughs> if Rosen's going to be the guy you want to trade for him, that's fine because I kind of lived with this and kind of looked into what Rosen does, and I'm not too mad at the quarterback Rosen can be. Um, he, he, uh, to, to, your, to your credit, actually, um, when we talked about it earlier, before the the Redskins Rosen news really started building up, I said I didn't like Rosen at all. You said that you watched a couple of his games and you liked a couple of things that you saw from him there, and you think that he just was in a terrible situation last year with the terrible old line and the only offensive yeah, player he so really had was the thing Larry with Rosen. As you said, he was in a terrible, terrible situation. Steve Wilkes did not care about the offense. He's a very defensive guy. Comes to Ron Rivera tree is a guy that you know he was expected. Josh Rosen was a guy that was – well, first of all, he wasn't even supposed to start. Sam Bradford was supposed to start. He was a guy that got put into his spot because he had to play. 
And the offense obviously wasn't what wasn't what it should be. They had no weapons. He's a guy. He can. He has decent to good to maybe like a very good arm talent. If I could tier him, it would be like maybe second tier arm talent. It's just it's something about him that hasn't just clicked yet. Maybe with decision making, he's a second too slow. He hitches a little bit. It's something that he's not delivering the ball to where guys can be. Jay Gruden is. Albeit, he's kind of a quarterback whisperer kind of guy. He gave him that label. He can work with a quarterback, bro. He worked with Andy. He, 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 hey, he yeah, he, he can work. work. He can work with a good, a good quarterback. The fact oh, that yeah. he was able to get Josh bro, Johnson from the to AF. be semi like to be semi comparable, like like to, he wasn't even the AF hadn't even started yet. He picked him up off the street, and the fact that the Redskins still had a chance to make the playoffs if. They had beaten that Titans no, game. That's a lot of and credit to me. In to, saying to that, Jay I feel Gruden like there. Josh Rosen and what we have currently, Jay Gruden's going to work with him, and it'll be a decent, you know, it'll be a decent season for him. I think we'll see a lot more of the upsides of Rosen if we do see. Um, remember coming out of UCLA, the latest prediction for him was Aaron Rodgers, but I guess from ball placement and stuff like that, goes doesn't have the natural just God-given gifts that Aaron Rodgers does, but he's a very intelligent kind of guy. He's a guy that can put two and two together on the field, audible check plays. And I feel like if we do get him, that's something you might see Jay Gruden play with. And I feel like that's what, kind of what's enticing him because he's a young quarterback with a maybe a four-year vet's kind of mind. So that's really important for a guy like Jay Gruden. Um, but, yeah, if you're going to do that, you don't give up more than a third round to them. I mean, moving into give him a first is ridiculous. You basically value Josh Rosen as a first-round pick, and I don't think anybody in the league does that. Yeah, um, I'm not giving like you said. There's no, there's no question about uh, giving Josh Rosen up for a first round pick. He, he's not, he's not going there. Uh, we already know that you guys that if they take, if they take uh, Kyler Murray, then there's no shot in hell yeah. <laughs> that anybody's giving up their first round pick for Josh Rosen because he's going to be free falling on the market. If the Cardinals already had a first round pick offer, there's no way that Josh Rosen would still be on the team right now. So yeah, like you said. That third-round pick, I will be happy if they take uh, Josh Rosen there at that third-round pick. I'm not going to lie. I, I, like I said in the previous podcast, I said that I did not like Josh Rosen. I've gone back. I've watched film on the Arizona Cardinals uh, season. I've watched his good throws. I've watched his bad throws. I've watched him at UCLA, and I, I flipped mm-hmm. my take that this could be a Jared Goff situation where you put him into a place where he likes uh, – a place where you have – a offensive-minded coach who can put you in position to get the ball out quicker, to know exactly where you want your ball, where the ball to go, where you where you want your read to be. So I think it's going to be fine if we get Josh Rosen there as uh, our pick for a third-round pick, but that's all I'm willing to give up for him. But we've talked about all the quarterbacks. I want to get into number 15 uh, specifically. Let's say the Redskins aren't moving and the Redskins aren't taking a quarterback. Do you have a pick that you are saying at 15, I need this person here. Or is there somebody that you're hoping that falls that the Redskins could potentially pick up and that would be amazing too, like we've seen with uh, Jonathan Allen because of his shoulder injury, um, teams passed on him, and now we have one of the best so, young defensive tackles in the league. For a little bit now. Now, there's a guy I'm going to add to this too, but I've been big on the Devin Bush moving him down to our right linebacker spot um, in a 3-4 system. I like the fact that he is a full-field kind of guy, that he's a rangy kind of guy, that 
he might make a play in the backfield, but he also might chase the guy 30 yards downfield and make the play. He does need a little bit of work pass rush-wise, but he's such a just ball-hawking kind of guy and kind of just just an evil kind of just like heat-seeker kind of guy. I just love what he brings to the game. So if they take him at 15, I'm not too mad. Now, there's one more guy that I've been looking into recently. And for what it's worth, and if we want to stay with Case Keenum, I really like Noah Font from Iowa. Now, I had him in my uh, – I believe in mock draft. We had him, like, going, like, maybe in the 20s. Was, he wasn't the first off the board. Hawkinson went first. But I guess it's kind of filling into that Jordan Reed role. Unfortunately, Jordan Reed is never going to be not injury prone. Like, he's just – he keeps getting hurt. I love him. He did what he had to do. But if you want to, like, make it time to move on, I feel like this is the guy perfect for that. Um, First of all, he's a big body. He's a great receiving tight end, specifically a receiving tight end. If we don't go get the receiver help in the draft, which is a little bit iffy to begin with, getting guys, young guys, just to throw them into the starting role overall. We saw with DJ Moore a little bit last year. He got a little flustered on the field. I feel like this is a guy where if you flex him out and stuff like that, he's perfect for it. If you want to go three tight and give him some routes or get him a little bit of a block, he's big enough of a body where he can hold a solid block. So I like Noah Font there too. If they're both there, that's cool. I think they take Devin Bush over Noah Font because obviously Jordan Reed is still there. If those two guys fall, or I, excuse me, not if they fall, they're still there. I have them taking either, uh, I have the Redskins taking either of those two guys. Yeah, uh, I I like the, I like those picks there. For me, uh, what mm-hmm. I've been seeing a lot is a defensive end Brian Burns from Florida State. Watch this highlight tape. He's he's amazing. Like you said, if there's one person that can fall. If you can get Devin Bush to fall, that would be <clears throat> very amazing. But for me, I'm going, I'm going uh, the <laughs> other way with the other Iowa tie-in with uh, TJ uh, Hockton. And I think because with his yeah. blocking – I don't think you can really go wrong with either of them just because they, they both were blocking. They both were um, uh, pass catching. They both can play inside uh, as an extra tackle. They can s- kind of spread out a little bit. So I like the diversity there. The Redskins were too predictable on offense last year. Yeah, <clears throat> Whenever Jeremy Sprinkle was in the game, that usually meant a run. But now you're switching out Jeremy Sprinkle with uh, a TJ or Noah Fant. You get a situation where now Vernon Davis, Jordan Reed, TJ or Noah can all catch the ball there. Jordan Reed, he's getting better at blocking. Vernon Davis can block. And we know for a fact Noah and TJ are going to be able to come in immediately and be top-notch blockers in the league and with the tight end position it's not really too much of you don't have to really mm-hmm. work to get to a top level talent per se like it's something you could come in and step in versus like a receiver the corners in the league are so much stronger and faster you have to work up to get to there with uh, offensive line and the d- defensive line are so much stronger and faster with a tight end you kind of have a cushion there because you're helping the tackle they don't know what exactly you're doing there's some kind of there's kind of a blur of what exactly he's doing each and every play. So I think that's easier for them to assimilate into uh, a system there. But I think that's enough for this podcast. We are running real long. This is, a, this is one, probably one of our longest episodes we've done uh, in a while. The draft is coming up on Thursday. Um, I don't know if you're going to be free, Micah, but I think we're, we're doing this on the spot. Do you think that we could potentially do a pre-draft, uh, a post draft pod maybe like on Sunday night before we do our regular podcast or maybe even after the first round if anything 
major happens, would hey, maybe I'm drop definitely like up for it. Of course, you think you'll be up for that college, but off the bat right now, I think I can clear, uh, free up some time and get you guys this content. It's going to be a great first round. The first, you know, this first fix is really going to make a lot of NFL teams this year. So I can definitely probably commit to that, bro. All right, yeah, so there, there you have it there. So I'll be there on Friday, uh, Thursday night. If anything crazy happens, we'll drop a podcast as soon as possible. If anything crazy even happens on Friday or Saturday, we'll drop uh, a pod there. Uh, if nothing, if it's just a regular old draft, we'll still drop a post, a draft pod on uh, Saturday or Sunday, depending. And we'll be back with our regular show on Monday, recapping the NBA playoffs and just the draft as a whole next week. But for Mike, and for, uh, and for out, Michael, yo. we will see you next week. Peace. Hey.